BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. <laughs> You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. Amisha, can you tell when Aunt Flo is about to visit? My pantry and my DoorDash bill can, because mm. that is typically my telltale sign. Mm. I just want to eat everything in sight. I can tell when Aunt Flo is coming because I'm bitchy. I'm anxious. I'm fucking starving. And I'm so tired. I want to kill myself. The other thing too for me is my weight goes up. Oh my God. My weight goes, I, I literally like, it's like water weight. Just like, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not kind. I'm not, I'm not. I'm hangry. I'm hangry. And I have to say like, today's guest is going to help us with that. We're going to lose weight by sinking our diet, our exercise with our period. Do you this, hear that me? That sounds very revolutionary. This is very revolutionary. We're going to be talking to Stephanie Estima. She is a body transformation coach. All right. She is all things hormones, all things, all the joys of being a female, more specifically your period. I'm so excited. We're going to be talking to Dr. Stephanie Estima. She is, I mean, she has this incredible book called The Estima Diet. She wrote a book called The Betty Body, which we're going to talk. What is the Betty Body? The Geeky Goddess Guide to Intuitive Eating, Balanced Hormones, and Transformative Sex. Oh, I'm so excited. I have a Flow app. It's it's Flow, and I'm going to, I think I'm, okay, hold on, Flow. And I am, period may start today. I am day 30. Today is day 30, and I'm bitchy. And I'm tired and I'm hungry. And I'm always just hungry. That's my big sign. Hungry and weight, water gain. Like we need you. Like we are, we as just moms need you, Dr. Estima, to be in our life. And we need to know what the fuck is the Betty body. But we're so excited because no one wants to talk about their periods. No one wants to talk about that time of the month. And like, and we just, we want to know. I mean, we want to, we want to know everything. So will you just break it down to the basics? And can you talk to us about the science of female metabolism? Because we need to understand this as women. Yeah. So first of all, I'm so thrilled to be here and to be having this conversation on 
um, a bigger stage. And you said a couple of really important things, which is, you know, we've all taught to be like afraid or ashamed of our period. Nobody talks about it. Um, but our menstrual cycle is absolutely a vital sign. And it is something that I hope with my work, and I know that there are many other uh, practitioners who are beginning to start voicing their concerns that women are not just little men. Like we're not just hairless <laughs> versions <laughs> of men with like more hormones. We actually have a distinct uh, physiology. We have a distinct cadence and rhythm to our hormonal uh, composition. So, you know, you mentioned you are, you know, a day or so away from uh, your period and you're feeling irritable and moody. You know, I, I want to talk about all the different stages of our menstrual cycle if there's time, but just like to double click on that for a moment. Um, that week before your period, so many women really struggle, right? We struggle emotionally, we struggle physically, we have all the cravings. Like, you know, you can't even choose the right nail polish color. Like, everything is wrong that week. I literally, this week, my amazing team, I have such a, an incredible group of just badass women. A couple of them came up to me and they were like, you really seem drained. You really seem like they could just tell it in me. I'm not a moody person, but I will tell you that week before, like I can feel it. I can feel it coming on. And as I've gotten older, I got to say it, like I almost feel it more. Yeah. I think that what's, what's happening that week from a hormonal perspective, of course, is that your body is like, okay, this is like peak week, right? It's like do or die. We either have a fertilized egg or we don't, you know, whether or not you want to have, you know, another baby, different conversation, but that's what your biology is going to be pushing for every month. And so you're actually throwing, uh, you know, energy, like you're throwing glucose and amino acids and fatty acids. You're throwing vitamins and minerals like zinc and selenium and glutathione, which is a master, uh, antioxidant, um, uh, compound in the body all of that's going into your uterus, all of that's going into your endometrium to sort of make it like a five-star hotel for, you know, <laughs> oh my God. potential fertilized egg, right? So it's no wonder that we feel drained and tired. Your body is working overtime to produce a new organ. And I want every woman who's listening to understand that every, if in your reproductive years, including perimenopause, Every single month you produce a new organ, which is that endometrial lining, right? It, your body's trying to get it like big and thick and fluffy to receive that egg. And it's no wonder you feel bagged. But what we do living in sort of a, we'll call it a male dominated society, which, you know, I'm not, you know, poo-pooing on it, but it, it is what it is. We often feel like we have to ignore that. We have to medicate it. We have to push through it. We have to just punch out the meeting, even though we feel you know, terrible. And I just, one of the things that I love to talk about in that fourth week in particular, and we can get into the nutrients and the training and all of that. Um, but I often find that when there's someone or something um, that is bothering you that week, like for me, sometimes like my kids are driving me crazy or like someone at work is just irking me and I can't, you know, kind of get my head straight about it. Usually there's something in there um, it's your body's way of sort of saying to you, listen, there may be some residue here that you need to maybe work on. Maybe there's a conversation that you need to have with your mother, or there's a conversation that you need to have, uh, with your husband or coworker or whoever. And how can I, in the next cycle of my life, in the next 29, 30, you know, however long your, your menstrual cycle is, how, how I, in the next cycle of my life, can I work to improve that? So that the next time I'm in week four, that week right before I get my 
uh, my period, that my husband isn't driving me crazy, or I don't, I'm not pulling my hair out and locking myself in the bathroom because my kids are driving me mad. So I think that there's some really important clues that we get from that week in terms of how we can uh, move through and into a better cycle and, you know, the next 30 days, let's say. And then I always like to say, you know, problem solving always happens in that bleed week. So men like to say, you know, I'll think about it. I always tell women, you need to bleed on it. Like you need to be on your period bleeding. And that's usually when you have the solution to the problem that was presenting itself to you in the week before your period. Oh my God, I love that. And it all, because it all comes out. It, it, it all starts to, to start to boil and you start to think about it. Or like I can become a little OCD and like my thoughts on like in that week before. But it's almost like once I have my period, I'm like, oh, I feel, I feel better. You know what I mean? Like it's a release. It's, it's a, a relief, release, right? You're like, oh, yes, I love that. You guys know I love a routine, specifically a nighttime routine. And I have a new step to my bedtime ritual. And I have to say, I've seen a huge difference in my sleep thanks to Moon Juice Sleep and their Magnesium. That's right, Magnesium with an O. I had heard great things before, and I have to say, I'm really here to confirm the rumors. We all know how important sleep is for our bodies. And as a busy mom of three, honestly, I really need my sleep. That's why I love the Magnesium by Moon Juice. You know, I'm a huge, huge fan of magnesium, and I'm a huge fan of this brand. This cute nighttime pink drink is formulated with three different types of magnesium and L-theanine to help muscles relax, get a deep sleep, healthy brain activity, and a focused sense of calm. All things that us women and moms not only need, but we really deserve. Did you know that more than 50% of us are deficient in magnesium? And most magnesium supplements on the market contain one form of magnesium. But Magnesium has three different forms in order to target three different functions of the body, brain, muscles, and bowels. Each of these mags is in the most bioavailable form, which means they are in the most efficient and potent form for your body to use, helping you fall asleep, stay asleep, and go to the bathroom in the morning, which is a really nice perk. The L-theanine promotes alpha wave activity. Those are the waves that your brain creates when you're in a deep meditative state. In fact, they call it meditation you can sip. And I can tell you from personal experience, I feel an instant calm after I drink my nightly pink drink. It tastes like berries and it is sweetened with monk fruit and all ingredients at 100% traceable, unadulterated, and sustainably sourced. So if you're like me, You find it difficult to find a moment of quiet in your busy life, let alone time to meditate. And this is one of my all-time favorite hacks for my body and my brain. It's so easy to mix. One teaspoon into water dissolves instantly and tastes like delicious berries, leaving you feeling relaxed and ready for a deeper night's sleep. To find your calm, go to www.moonjuice.com. That's www.moonjuice.com slash lipstick and use the code lipstick at checkout for 20% off. You're welcome. Sweet dreams. Will you talk just a little bit? And again, you don't have to get all scientific, but we do want to know, like, talk a little bit about the female metabolism. Absolutely. Yeah. So female metabolism uh, is distinct uh, from our male counterparts in in a couple of different ways. Um, one, we tend to be, women tend to be much more sensitive to changes in our diet. So for example, well, I'll say this, your body, whether or not you want to have babies, (laughs) that's what your biology will work towards. 
it will always be trying to optimize for your fertility. And your mitochondria in your, so we have our ovaries, right? Which is our, uh, you know, where the egg is released, et cetera. When we look at the density of mitochondria, now again, I promise I won't get too like nerdy, but <laughs> the mitochondria are basically uh, your battery packs in the cell. They're the things that create, they're the things that create energy. And the, the density of mitochondria in your ovaries is far more than any other cell in the body. So for example, if you were to look at an ovary, uh, like an oocyte, like one cell in the ovary, you're looking at 100,000 mitochondria. If you look at the liver, like it's a pretty important organ, right? We have like 2,000 compared to 100,000. If you look at a heart cell, a myocyte, you're looking at 5,000, right? So the mitochondria is constantly like scanning. It's like scanning the environment. Like, are we okay? Do we have food? Can we produce an egg this month? So women, in terms of our metabolism, we are much more sensitive to changes in our diet. So things like uh, aggressive uh, caloric restriction. So when you're reducing your calories too much for too long, uh, overly aggressive fasting and like fasting now is like the premier, you know, topic in healthcare, right? It's it's like a story that um, doesn't want to go away and for good reason. But women also have to understand that they cannot fast like men. And then again, when you do like a certain diet for too long, and that's true, whether it's vegan or it's keto or it's paleo or it's whatever, there's a certain time where we'll reap like the most benefit. And then the longer we stay there without honoring the different, um, you know, cadence, like the different hormonal landscape as it's changing, um, the worse we feel on that diet. Like how many women that are listening may have tried keto and they're like, I felt great for two months. And then I had these crazy cravings and I couldn't stay on it. Or I felt really great when I first started, you know, when I first was a vegan. And then like six months later, my hair started falling out. And it's like, okay, that's because you were eating the same way for, you know, an extended period of time without honoring some of the different metabolic requirements um, that your body has because you have these different hormonal uh, compositions through uh, through the month and really through the through the arc of your life. But you know, I'm talking more here for women who are still in their reproductive years. And is that really where the Estima diet has now become so popular? Which is why you're here. And by the way, you're gorgeous. I mean, she's got dark hair. Her makeup is her insane. Skin is her glowing. Skin is. We want to be you. So you talk a lot about lose weight and get your energy back at any age by syncing your diet and exercise with your period. Will you really kind of walk us through what we need, what we don't need, when we need it, when we don't need it? Sure. Yeah. I am a really, um, so my training uh, is a chiropractor, like I'm a chiropractor by training. Um, And when I was in private practice, I was always just obsessed with brain metabolism and like how we could uh, through rehab and nutritional, um, you know, uh, protocols, how I could help with things like brain fog. And I would have women all the time saying to me, like, I walk into the room and like, I have no idea why I'm here. or I just can't remember where I put my phone, you know? So yeah. some of these, you know, brain, uh, focused, uh, therapies have always really been exciting to me. And so the, the Estima diet was originally born out of that. So I became really interested in the ketogenic diet five or six well, maybe it's probably closer to seven years ago now, you know, in the era of transparency and honesty, I was totally doing it like a guy. I was like, <laughs> oh, I see, you know, Dom D'Agostino, who's like a, a mentor and a hero of mine. I've, I've had him on my podcast, like a wonderful guy. Um, but before I knew him, 
I was like, oh, he's fasting for seven days and then going and deadlifting 500 pounds. Like I'm going to do that. Or I would see other men like in the space that would be doing the ketogenic diet and they would have all these amazing um, results. I'm like, I'm going to do it like that. So of course I would just, I had like almost no carbs and I was starting to notice. And I've, you know, in the book, I talk about sort of this history that I've like this love hate. And it was more hate than love relationship with my own period. It would like knock me out. I felt like I had to medicate to be able to get to my classes and everything. So the ketogenic diet, um, I started doing it like a guy. And then what I started noticing when I was in practice, I had men and women doing this nutrition program together. And then it was always like the couples that had signed up together. It was like the husband and wife that were like, we're going to do this together as a family. And like a week or two later, you know, the guy's like, doc, this is like the best. I've lost like 20 pounds, my libido. (laughs) I'm like chasing my wife around the kitchen. And she's like, I don't, we're eating the same thing. And like, I've lost a pound and I hate it. Like, what is the difference? What's (laughs) happening? So I started, um, and there was a couple of, you know, personal things that were happening for me at the time. I was going through a divorce with young children and it was, you know, very emotionally stressful for me. I happened to go uh, on a vacation with my kids um, to Italy and there was a couple of, you know, environmental, you know, I mean, everything's better in Italy, but, you know, I started doing like eating and having sun exposure and sleeping well. And it was like the first time I had had, and I felt like a goddess, well, like I was menstruating like a goddess. Like I didn't have to hold myself up in the hotel room. And so when I got back, and I was listening to some of these female patients say like, Frig, I can only like, I can only lose two pounds. Like what's wrong? I'm doing everything you're telling me to. I started saying, okay, can we like play a little bit? Like just, you're going to be my guinea pig. We're just going to, I just have this intuition, this hunch. And we started playing around with their macronutrients. So keeping the calories um, kind of consistent, but changing the composition of the diet. So one week we would do a keto week. And then other weeks we do higher protein and higher carbohydrates. And then we'd sort of alternate between those two. And then that's when it sort of really like clicked. Then I started having women say, okay, now my periods are getting better. Now I'm not the moody, crazy, uh, you know, person right before my, my period uh, comes. Now I'm having better sleep. Now my breasts aren't angry at me, you know, like the week or two before um, my cycle begins again. So that's sort of the history of the diet, but in essence, it's a female centric ketogenic diet in phase one. So we call that phase one of the Estima diet. And then phase two is that cyclical approach where we modulate, where we change the way um, that you eat based on where you are um, in your cycle. So did women really start, you know, we, we get a lot of our, we were talking about this morning, we get a lot of, not haters, but we get a lot of people think we get obsessed about losing weight. Yeah. And it's actually not about losing weight. We want to be healthy. You know, it's like her mom died of pancreatic cancer. My mom died of vascular dementia. And we want to know how we can live longer, look better, and feel good. And so for all our listeners out there, I know sometimes we, it might be, but, you know, Emish has been on this amazing journey to be healthy. And she's probably lost, what now, 40 or 50 pounds? And it's not about the weight. It's about how it makes you feel. And I think it's a comp. I mean, listen, I think that at the end of the day, we can say what we want, but society still has this thing where, you know, we do look, I look at it, maybe not everybody else, but I look at it and go, oh, you know what? Like, I feel better. I look better when I'm in a size 27 gene. Like, that's more important to me than I thought it would be. And 
a big part of it for me is I have young girls. I want to have a healthy body image. I want to talk about my body in a positive way. But the flip side of it is I also want to live a long life. And having healthy cholesterol, you don't have that if you're, you know, overweight and have weight to lose because your body is is overworked and overtired. And that is as important. So feeling good mentally and physically is one aspect of it. But I also want to go to the doctor and have my annual physical. Him look at me and go, you know what? Like, you're on top of it. Your cholesterol is great. Your, your, you know, your glucose is great. Like everything should be great. You're, that is the proudest moment. Like when I had my physical in January, he was like, you're doing great. Like every, all your levels are where they need to be. And for a 40, almost 44 year old woman, that made me really happy because my mom struggled with weight and had pancreatic cancer. And I do think that there is a correlation there. And that's why we wanted to have, you know, someone like you on because you, you know, you hear from women and our friends, we really do struggle with our periods and how we feel and that feeling of like, why can't we lose weight? Why are we gaining weight? Why why can't it be enough? So, you know, we just love, you know. Geeking out too. Geeking out and learning and listening. And we always say, you know, this podcast is as much for our listeners as it is for us. You know what I mean? Like, I am so excited to find out what the Betty body is. One of the hardest things about the morning is getting my kids to eat their vitamins. But that was before I discovered Haya. It's a pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. As a mom, I was shocked to learn how bad children's vitamins are. I know, if you can believe it, five grams of sugar. So it's basically candy in disguise but not Haya. What I love about Haya, it was created by two dads with the help of pediatricians, nutritionists, and scientists to make a better type of vitamin for kids. Most children's vitamins are filled with sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other junk, which cause a variety of health issues. But Haya is made with zero sugars and zero gummy junk. Haya is non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Their ingredient list is really simple. A blend of 12 farm-fresh fruits and vegetables and 15 essential vitamins, which help support a healthy immune system, energy levels, brain function, mood, teeth, bones, and more. Plus, it is for children of all ages. So gray, Scar, and Brooks can all take it. I love this vitamin for my kids because it fills in the most common gaps in my kids' diets to provide everything they should be eating in a day. And honestly, since making this switch, my kids especially gray, actually don't mind taking their morning vitamins and like the taste of these. And they are very picky eaters. It's seriously a first in the super household. Haya arrives straight to your door in a pediatrician recommended schedule and they send eco-friendly refills every month. So as parents have one less thing to worry about. Haya is giving our lipstick on the rim, that's right, 50% off their first order. That's 50% off. So head to HayaHealth.com. That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash lipstick. That's Haya, H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash lipstick. It's the children's vitamin you've been wishing for. All right, you guys. Seriously, this product, you've heard me talk about it. I might be having one right now. It's called Ashland Hard Seltzer. They're seriously the best addition to my table, especially since the days are starting to heat up in California. Ashland Hard Seltzer is a delicious, clean-crafted hard seltzer. They have flavors like blackberry lemonade, pineapple, tangerine, ginger peach, 
my personal favorite blackberry lemonade, you guys. It's so good. I've also been loving their tropical cherry, which they have added recently. A lipstick on the rim. My team love them. I love them. And honestly, it's really hard to pick a favorite. I've been using them at my parties, at the fields, and my friends just like me are really getting hooked. I love everything about them. The chic packaging to the nutrition and ingredients label. 100 calories per can. That's right, ladies. And it's only 5% alcohol. Yep. All natural, no sugar, no fat, zero carbs, malt-free, gluten-free. And can you believe their idea is really simple? They believe a hard seltzer should be made with all natural ingredients for outstanding taste and purity. I love this company. It was founded in San Diego during COVID in 2020 and has become the number one selling independent hard seltzer brand in California. It's clear that they are just that good. If you haven't tried them yet, what are you waiting for? Ashlyn has a whole host of co-owners involved in the brand. The Skinny Confidential, I love myself some Lauren Bostic, and the Salty Blonde, Haley Elefanti, so you know it's good. Like I said, a variety of flavors, mango, strawberry, lime, orange pineapple, lavender lemonade, coconut pineapple, simple ingredients, craft brew to taste great for a guilt-free good time. This is what Ashlyn is all about. For more on Ashlyn, follow them on Instagram at Ashlyn, A-S-H-L-A-N-D, hard seltzer, H-A-R-D-S-E-L-Z-E-R. Again, that's Ashland hard seltzer, and you can follow them on Instagram. Cheers. Going back to the esteem and diet, let's talk about week one. Like let's break it down into four weeks. So our listeners and Emisha and I can sit here and take notes, you know, rapidly as you talk, we've already have a page um, of what it is to really sinking your diet with your period and getting those results. Absolutely. And I, I just want to honor uh, what both of you said. I think that, you know, being so transparent and vulnerable is probably why you have the fan base um, that you do. I think it's wonderful that we can talk about wanting to lose weight without any shame, wanting to show up as our best actualized selves and say, okay, like I actually do, like I'm the double fours. I'm with you. Like I'm 44. I want to show up and feel like great in what I wear. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then as you mentioned, I think most people will get into nutrition and fitness for the aesthetic side of it. And like, I'm a vain woman, like, I, you know, I want to look good too, but then you stay, you stay there for the longevity benefits, what you're talking about, the lipid levels that are great, the sugar and the glucose markers that are better. And then you, and like, that's the, that's the play, right? It's the long play. you like, how can I live, you know, not only a longer life, but for the longer years that I live, how can I stay healthier? Like this, like, you know, sort of the distinction between lifespan, which is length of the life, and health span, which is how many of those years do you stay healthy? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want, I don't want to be medicated and in a wheelchair. Like, I want to be the favorite grandmother. Like, I want to be, I want to meet my great grandkids. Like, I want to be able to run after my grandbabies and keep up with them. So that means that I need to be strong, keep my flexibility in check, my mobility, keep my lipids and my cholesterol numbers, as you mentioned, low. So I think that there's something to be said about showing up as your best self and not being ashamed of that. Like we're so often like, oh, you like, let's not talk about weight loss. No, let's talk about weight loss and let's talk about how to do it in a healthy, sustainable way so that you are improving your health span and you're in help, you're improving your longevity marker. So I just thought that was so yeah, important. I thank you. Because we, yeah. we really try to, to, you know, give our listeners, you know, experts like you or experts in a different field, like this might work for you, this diet, or this might work for you, this meal plan, or, oh my God, this 
hormonal doctor is really is really making sense to me. And I'm going to go ask my doctor if maybe something like I need that for my own. So again, it's not about vanity. It's, it's not, not about, just about vanity. It's not just about vanity. Of course, we all want to look good. And I, you know, I will repeat big mama upstairs in heaven. If you feel good, you look good. And if you look good, you feel good. And I was brought up like that, Absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. um, not to, I didn't want to get off discourse, but we really appreciate you taking that moment um, because we have had a lot of haters, you know, and, and, uh, and we've had a lot of lovers. So, and we, just this conversation is important, and I think it's one that you know you just have to be transparent about and own the female keto. Because I did try keto, she and did. It was you really, did well. It was, until I did. You didn't. I lost ten pounds, and it was great. And then I couldn't do any more. So it was you. You were speaking to me exactly with what yes, I went through, and that is so so common. I hear people will say, "I've already done keto. I was able to do it for like two or three weeks." And then all I wanted was like the bread, the cookies, the crackers, the chips, like the pantry. Um, So let's talk a little bit in turn. We'll talk about week one, two, and three, and then some actionable items for for your listeners in terms of if they are getting cravings, what might be some um, things that they might uh, consider. So we might have to make this a two-parter, Dr. Stephanie. I'm just (laughs) telling you right now, I just don't think 45 an hour is going to be enough, but keep going. Well, it would be my honor to come back. So we'll just, we'll leave that there. So we'll see how far we get. But uh, week one, so when we think about what's happening, of course, day one of your cycle is the first day that you start bleeding, right? Um, So that, and we're talking here about phase two of the Estima diet. So in that week, this is when you have what we were saying before, like that release, you're finally shedding the endometrial lining, there's no baby. So your body's like, okay, we got to scrap this and we got to start again. When we're thinking about this from a hormonal perspective, at the beginning of the week, most of our sex hormones are actually quite low. So progesterone is no longer there. Estrogen is quite low. Testosterone is very low as well. This is actually a great week to try a ketogenic diet. So a high fat, moderate protein, and low carbohydrate diet. So the way that I typically structure it for newbies, um, if you will, is we start off with a 70% fat, 20% protein, and then 10% carbohydrate sort of macronutrient composition of the diet. And there's also, there's also a way, and I describe this in the book in terms of how to determine what your calorie intake should be. That's another really big thing. Most women are under eating. And I was sort of saying this earlier today as sort of a joke. I was like, the hill that I'm going to die on, <laughs> there is a hill that I can die on is to get women off these 1200 calorie diets. Because when you are overly aggressively calorically restricting for a long period of time, um, you absolutely will wreak havoc on your menstrual cycle, um, on your hormonal composition, on your ability to lose weight, your thyroid, like all the things kind of go, like it's okay to do it for a short period of time. Like I was, uh, last year I was on the uh, cover girl on on a fitness magazine, it's called Strong Fitness. And so leading up to that magazine shoot, it's like, okay, for sure. I'm gonna be in a, I'm gonna be in a caloric deficit. I'm gonna do a little cut. You know, it was like six weeks, I was increasing my output, so increasing my, you know, uh, my weight training, and I was slightly decreasing my calories. But that was for six weeks, right? And then right after that, I jumped back into something called a, a reverse diet, which maybe we'll save for part two because it's a little bit more of an advanced strategy. But so week back to week one, um, a ketogenic diet is really great. Blood building foods, like if you think about, you know, you're losing a lot of blood, right? So, you know, you're going to bleed for, you know, anywhere from like three to seven days. Uh, The average for most women is like four to five days. So 
So we want to be replacing some of the blood that's lost. So we want to have iron-rich foods. I love to counsel women to have things like lamb or lamb stew. You know, red meat is also really great uh, this week as well. And then towards the end of the week, we start to see a a shift. So now estrogen was really low in the beginning of the week, and then it starts to climb. And then as we move into week two, estrogen, which is, you know, it's the hormone that's responsible for our skin, hair, and nails, for the whiteness of our eyes, you know, the plump, you know, the plumpness of our lips, you know, our breath and our secondary sex characteristics, like our breasts and our, and our hips, um, that actually starts to surge. And it actually reaches in week two, the highest point that it will reach all month long. And so what we often find of course, is like women will say like, oh my gosh, my hair is so shiny. My eyes are so bright. My skin is so, you know, it's, it's like natural filler and Botox, right? Um, the other thing that happens in week two is we also see a rise in testosterone. And this is really important for women uh, to realize that we actually have more testosterone than we do estrogen. I know that a lot of people think, oh, we have like more estrogen than men. And that's true in like the relative concentrations we do. Testosterone is the most abundant sex hormone in women. Most, it's so important. I'll say it again. It is the most abundant sex hormone in women. And your testosterone is involved in your cognition. It's involved in muscle mass. Of course, it's famous for being uh, involved in your libido and your sex drive. You may find that week that you are the one chasing your husband around the kitchen island, (laughs) like you, your receptivity um, to sex is much higher. Even the sensitivity of your clitoris is augmented. Your orgasms are stronger. And that's all because of beautiful testosterone. Is that linked to ovulation? Is that similarly like timed? Because typically I think women are also more Mm -hmm. like, I want to pounce on my husband when I'm ovulating. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. So that happens in week two, right ahead. You're absolutely right. So right ahead of ovulation is when we see these surges, both in testosterone and in estrogen. And mother nature, she's like a wily mink. She's very smart. Of course, if you are hornier, let's say in the week, you know, in the couple of days right before your egg is released, you're more likely to have sex in that time, which of course means that you are more likely uh, if there is an egg released and there's sperm present for there to be a fertilized egg. And I will say that if you are not looking to get pregnant, uh, this might be a time not to play with, you know, (laughs) penetrative sex because sperm can live for up to like six days. Like they pack a picnic, like they're ready and they, they, they have a like picnic. luggage. I love that picnic. Okay. So what should we be eating on week two? So week two, I love to actually change the macronutrients quite a bit. So I like to actually double the protein and the carbohydrates. Um, and the reason for that is because of the surge in, in testosterone. So I like, um, so instead of doing a 70, 20, 10, which is what we were talking about um, in week one, In week two, I like it to be like a 40, 40, 20. So like pulling the fat all the way down. So like 40%, still, you know, moderate. um, And then 40% protein and then 20% carbohydrate. And the reason for that is any woman, it doesn't matter what age you are, whether you are 22 or 72, one of your goals from a metabolic perspective is to be putting on more muscle. And testosterone, as I mentioned, is involved in maintaining muscle mass. So if you are increasing your protein consumption when testosterone is peaking, you are going to drive something called muscle protein synthesis. It's just, just what it sounds like. You're creating new muscle protein. And then the increase in carbohydrates is also going to help that muscle growth. So carbohydrates prevent muscle protein breakdown. So you preserve the muscle tissue that you have 
by having by pairing more proteins and more carbohydrates together. So that's the 40-40-20 in week two. I have a question because I think it's important to clarify carbohydrates there, right? Because like I think I'm assuming it doesn't mean like a loaf of bread, right? So like what are some healthy carbs that you would suggest? Because I think some people hear carbs and they go, ooh, okay, I can have like bread this week. Is that what you're referring to? Or is it more like whole grains and, and cauliflower? Yeah, like what? Is like it vegetable wh- carbs? You ladies ask really great questions. Yeah, thank you for thank you for asking that. So, vegetables are a carbohydrate, right? So we definitely want to be having all like eating the rainbow. Um, I particularly like slow burning uh, carbohydrates. So I like sweet potatoes. I like yams. Mm. Uh, rice is great. You know, as uh, Molly said, like the cauliflower, the broccoli. I'm actually one of the sort of tenants of the Estima diet is to be consuming green leafy vegetables because they have compounds in them that actually help to metabolize our estrogen, uh, our estrogens that we have. And they sort of bring down that estrogen down like a protective um, pathway. So yeah, excellent, excellent question. So the vegetables, you should always be having vegetables. um, But then in these weeks where you're increasing your carbohydrate consumption, uh, you can add in things like uh, the sweet potatoes, the yams, the rice, that kind of thing. And I mean, bread is, I mean, there's nothing that's off limits as long as it's done in, in moderation. So I, you know, I make sourdough bread uh, from scratch for my kids, like every once in a while. And I certainly enjoy a, a slice when, uh, when it's like fresh out of the oven too. You know, I love online shopping. And as a mom who's always, always on the move, I love knowing I can shop on my phone. Well, people, Macy's has done it again with their mobile app. It makes shopping easy and effortless. Sorry, Stuber. So whether I'm sitting in a baseball dugout or laying on the beach, guess what? I can easily browse all the latest fashion trends and be the first to find new products. If you guys haven't checked it out, go to your phone's app store, download the Macy's mobile app immediately. I actually talked about this recently on Lipstick on the Rim. It's so amazing to have your personal stylist. The app, it makes it so easy and effortless. It really takes your shopping experience to a whole new level. Their app is easy to use. They provided the best services. You've got your own personal shopper. I'm also eyeing some of their new beauty products to my collection. They have Shiseido Dior, Chanel, Estee Lauder, Sunday Riley, and even the beyond popular Giorgio Armani Luminous Silk Foundation. And if you've never used it, go to your app immediately. And they have what's called a style quiz. You can take a style quiz and get tailored recommendations just for you. Need an outfit for an upcoming barbecue or planning your next vacay? Macy's style quiz will find you the perfect outfit for every occasion. Talk about organization. You can choose your favorites and add them to a list so you can purchase a little bit later. And I love me some good organization. The app also lets you stay on top of online orders, returns, and even has a special price checking feature and store maps for any in-store purchase. Plus, one of my favorites, Star Rewards. Everybody loves a little rewards. Star Reward members get special features like Star Money updates and exclusive savings sent right to their phones. With summer right around the corner, this is the perfect time to stock up on all your summer staples. And Macy's is where I'm finding Everything from swimsuits, shorts, to sandals, accessories for my whole family. They literally have everything. Download the mobile app today for both iOS and Android. All right, week three, give it to us. What I actually love so much about our cycle is that we have really two distinct phases. So we've been talking week one and two. That's 
typically called the follicular phase, which is all about the development of the follicle. And then within the follicle, of course, is the egg. And then we have this main event called ovulation, which is where the follicle releases the egg to be fertilized. And I will say, just because I'm a nerd and I I think this needs to be emphasized, is that ovulation is the point of your cycle. Like I always say, like your period is the popular girl. She gets all the attention. We all know when we're going to get our period. We know how long it lasts. We know the color. We know, you know, but like we never pay attention to ovulation. And ovulation is the main event. It's the star of the show. It's why this thing happens. So we release the egg. That's called ovulation. And your egg is viable, depending on your age, somewhere between four and 24 hours. So not a long time which is why your testosterone peaks the week before. So you're having lots of sex and the sperm is kind of around there for the, for the fertilization. They packed their picnic. They packed their picnic. <laughs> packed the picnic, exactly. So now we move into the luteal phase, which is a completely different hormonal environment. So this is, you know, if you were to look at the seasons, right? Week one is sort of spring. Week two is summer, right? The full moon. Um, and then week three and four is like fall and, and winter. So when we move into week three... <laughs> dark days of winter. The dark days of winter. <laughs> yes, the few days right before where you are right now, Molly. You are Ugh. in winter right now. <laughs> we start to see progesterone uh, make her appearance, right? So progesterone, uh, if you think about the word pro-gestation, pro-pregnancy hormone, uh, she is going to slow down your bowel movements Uh, She's going to increase your cravings. While the digestion might slow down, your cravings are going to be a little bit higher. She also helps you sleep. A lot of women will will say like in that third week, they usually will get like the best sleep of their entire cycle because progesterone is helping the brain and like calming the brain down. This week, from a nutritional perspective, I really love to return to a ketogenic diet, but with the addition of something called resistant starches. So before you were saying that you tried the ketogenic diet and you, you did really well on it and then you sort of fell off of it, a lot of women will say to me that exactly the same thing, that they tried keto, they did it for like two or three weeks. And then at week three, it was like, just give me the carbs. I don't care how much fat I have. I just need something. And the reason for that is, so the microbiome, which is the, you know, the gut bacteria that we have is starving because we haven't had any carbs now, essentially. Like we've, we've sort of like reduced our carbs. It's like 10% in week one, 20% in, in week two. So there's like almost like a distress signal that your microbiome is sort of sending out. So by consuming resistant starches, so resistant starch is something like a green, like green bananas, you know, green plantains, like the, the fruit before it's ripe, you know, like you, we always put the banana on the counter and only eat it, you know, when it's yellow, or in my case, my kids don't even touch it until it's brown and then they don't even want to touch it anymore because it's not perfect. But anyway, we, we want the yellow, uh, pardon me, the green banana, the green plantain, even things like uh, cooked and cooled rice, cooked and cooled potatoes also have a high resistant starch um, content. Why like is that? Potatoes, um, like white potatoes or sweet potatoes? It doesn't matter. Any any potato. It can be like a so yellow jack potato. So, it, it can be so a how much potato. is our resistant carb? So is it 10%, 20%? What is it? 5%? In week three, I actually like it to be about 10%. But the nice thing about c- consuming resistant starches is that they don't count towards your carbohydrate intake. And the reason for that, uh, the sort of the name is hidden you know, the secret is hidden in the name. Like they resist digestion. Like a resistant starch is actually not broken down for energy in the body. It's broken down as a food source for the microbiome. 
So the microbiome is starving. You have some, uh, let's say you have some green banana flour or even raw potato starch. You can find that a lot in the grocer, like as a thickening agent, even having some of that will feed the bugs in the microbiome essentially. And then that kills the cravings. The cravings are coming from, because basically we're starving because we haven't the had microbiome. the microbiome. Because they need carbohydrates. Yes. And how much protein and fat would you do for the third week? I like to return to that ketogenic style, that 70, 20, 10, with the addition of the resistant starches. When we look at the hormonal uh, profile again of week three, it resembles week one in that estrogen is sort of low at the beginning of the week, and then it comes back up towards the end of the week. So I like another keto week there. I'm on page three of my notes, just FYI. Yeah, I'm on page page four. Um, Okay, so week four, week four. And where you are now, Molly, week four. We're in the dead um, of winter. We are in the dead of winter. It is freezing. We are in Antarctica. It's dark and angry. (laughs) Dark and angry. You're shivering and you're cold and you want someone to hug you. Yeah, so uh, 40, 40, 20. So back to that like high protein, high carbohydrates. And then I also like all calories to go up this week, all of them. And usually women are like, what? But yes, 10 to 15% increase in total caloric. You're naturally hungry. Like I was saying before, like your body's throwing all these vitamins and nutrients and energy into the endometrium. You're actually hungrier. Um, so if, if you increase your calories and you're increasing your protein, that's going to help quell that hunger. And it's going to set you up for a great period. Fitness is my second love, um, behind, uh, nutrition, of course. And I think that both of them really pair beautifully together. One of the things I like to talk to with people as it, as it relates to fitness is start, you know, with love, you know, for wherever you are right now and then move up from there. Right. So, you know, wherever you are, can't do a push up, You can't do a sit up. You've never been like, it doesn't matter. Your body at the end of the day wants to get better at whatever you're doing. So if you start, let's say lifting weights, your body is going to adapt to the weightlifting. One of the things I talk about often is this idea of lifting heavy weights. You will not get bulky. This is sort of a, a myth that I still always hear about women like, I don't want to lift because I'm going to, I just want to be toned. And um, I'll say that that's not a real word. Um, when you talk about being toned, you're actually, you know, in, in a medical sense, we're referring to the health of your nervous system. You're either hypertonic, hypotonic. But I understand the fitness industry has said like sort of looking muscular, but not too muscular. Like that's sort of what women want. But when you lift heavy, first of all, you can't get bulky. We don't have the testosterone. Like we don't have enough testosterone uh, to do that. I will say there are like some genetic, we'll call them freaks of nature who have been ripped their whole lives and can put on muscle really, really easily. But that's like one, maybe 2% of the population. I can put on muscle really easily. I don't I know why. My, I, I can in my legs, but I've, I, I, I think can. it's what you, I can. it's how you work out. Like what you do. If I lift and I do that, I mean, I can't do as much now because of my back, but I have an L5S1 issue. But um, I will say the lifting, I have to be, and every trainer is like, oh, it won't. I'm like, ah, but it I think does it's a almost, little. Like, I think it's more because you're broad, right? You're like, you're, you're tall. So the muscle probably looks bigger for you than it really is, I think is probably what it might be. Well, your muscles are longer. Like for me, what works is, is more interval. So high intensity training. So if I'm, you know, running or I'm, I'm, I'm doing some, like she said, lifting something really, really heavy, doing something really intense for a short period of time, that really works for me. So one of the things I like to talk about 
is how you can actually continue your same program all through the month, but change the way that you lift, again, based on those those hormonal uh, fluctuations in your cycle. So for example, in your bleed week, you know, most of us maybe feel a little achy day, like the uterus is contracting. That's totally normal. You might feel a little achy, a little lethargic. But once you sort of get into the rhythm of things, I really like to advocate for uh, moderate weights. So moderate, I define as like eight to 12 repetitions with perfect form. Last three reps are like, you know, they're difficult. You couldn't do any more than 12, let's say. When we move into week two, because of that peak in testosterone, I actually like there to be um, heavy lifting this week. So like five to eight reps maximum, you're really going for that muscle hypertrophy, try and build out the muscle. And then as you move into weeks three and four, it's more about uh, strength and sort of sculpting. So when we move into week three, we come back to that moderate weight uh, rep range again. So that eight to 12 uh, repetition. And then in week four, um, where you might be feeling kind of bloated, maybe a little irritable, the, the weight drops, but you're increasing the repetitions even more. So now the weight gets lighter, but you're doing 15 to 20 reps, let's say. And the reason why that's so interesting and it works so well is we tend to be inflamed. Like we tend to just kind of feel bloated and like yucky in that fourth week. And every time your muscle contracts, it releases something called a myokine, which is like a kind of an anti-inflammatory compound. So if you're doing like 15 to 20 reps of you know whatever push or pull or squat or whatever, you're going to actually reduce some of the inflammation in the body and you'll feel a little better without pushing yourself with that heavy weight. So you're still weightlifting sort of all through the month, but you're just modulating the way that you do, again, based on the hormonal composition um, of the diet. And then the other question that I often get is like, what about cardio? And I like cardio. And I think that you could do cardio again through the, um, through the cycle as you want. But there's a couple of times in the month that I just want to caution against. And in, in particular, the high intensity interval training. I like you to actually stay away from that completely in week two. Um, and if you recall, I was talking about this big peak in estrogen Uh, And one of the things that estrogen does to our tendons and our ligaments, it makes our ligaments really loosey-goosey. It makes them kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, like the word we use is lax, like there's ligamentous laxity. It's kind of like floppy almost. Uh, And it makes our tendons really stiff. So what we find in the literature is female athletes who are uh, still uh, in their reproductive years, they tend to blow out their ligaments in that second week more often than like in a statistically significant way relative to their male counterparts in that second week of their cycle because their ligaments are so kind of loosey-goosey. So we often will see like ACL blowouts and like these big ligaments sort of being um, uh, strained during their training. So I really like to, you know, in week two, like I like steady state cardio. Like you can get on the bike, you can go for a long walk, you can go for a light jog, you know, whatever, you know, elliptical, whatever floats your boat. Uh, but just stay away from the hit in that in that second week. Can we have a sleepover? I know. Can we. Where do you live? Where are you based out of? We have a sleepover. Can you come over? I feel I'm like in Toronto. Can we have a sleepover. You're in I Toronto. I grew up in Toronto. <laughs> How did we not even touch on that? I didn't know that. This is rapid fire, and we kind of wanted to make it the hormone edition because it's you and you're fabulous and beautiful. And then we're going to get into one last thing. Do you need to take hormones to regulate your period? No. Are my sleeping patterns related to my hormones? Absolutely. Number one thing you wish every woman would stop doing. 
uh, blaming themselves and shaming themselves when diets don't work for them. It's probably that the diet was not built for a woman and or by a woman. Are hormones affecting men as much as they are women? Absolutely. They are. Yes. In different ways. Like men have their own version of menopause. They have uh, something called andropause, um, but it's much more a slower decline in testosterone over time course, versus like the menopause, which is like a rapid decline. Yeah. Slower. Best advice you can give someone struggling with hormone levels? The advice I would give is that your body always wants to heal. Like the default mm-hmm. mode for your body is to come into balance. So sometimes when you're struggling with hormonal imbalance, it's, it's your body's way of telling you that something's not aligned. Like maybe there's Sometimes it's a job that's sucking your soul and, you know, causing you chronic stress. Sometimes it's a husband. Sometimes it's, you know, the food that you're eating, the environment that you're living, the way that you feel about yourself. I would say that there's a path forward for every single woman that's listening to this. Um, and part of that is learning and leaning into our intuition. What is your favorite food that you recommend to everyone? Oh, I love sauerkraut. I could have a whole jug of sauerkraut. <laughs> that is so funny. What is your favorite snack? Um, my favorite like quick snack uh, is usually half of an avocado, salt, a little bit of oil, and like just kind of scoop it out of the scoop it out of the um... coffee or tea. Coffee. Mm. Tea is no. I don't, <laughs> I don't like tea. The number no. one top way to manage your stress better. I think this should be a t-shirt. Uh, hydrate, meditate masturbate. Hmm. Oh, interesting. interesting. Okay. Do you juice? Do you do a smoothie? Are you a juicing kind of woman? No. Because of the sugar? Yeah. I, you know, when we talk about the difference between like a whole, like how much, if you have like a glass of orange juice, let's say like how many oranges went into that? Probably eight, <laughs> you know, maybe right. five to eight. And you would never eat that in a, in, in, in a sitting. So I, I try to eat things in their you know, in their whole form, unprocessed form as much as possible, but I'm human as well. Wait, just really quickly, because I need to know, but we are, I really do want to get into the Betty body. I mean, we have second one. I want you to dive deeper into the fitness, but really quickly, this is a beauty podcast after all. What, I mean, gorgeous, dark, black, long hair, skin is gorgeous. What is your go-to red? You know, I actually brought them here because um, I thought that we might talk about it. My favorite <laughs> is this is, is this Ilya one. I don't know if you can see it, but I'll just open it up for you. What oh, color beautiful. is that? Oh, yeah, yes. she's beautiful. This is called Flame. Ooh, flame. Like this is the perfect blue red. It makes your teeth look white. You know how there's like some reds that make your teeth look yellow. So mm-hmm. when the estrogen's not making That's it white, <laughs> make sure you use Ilya Flame, guys. <laughs> favorite <laughs> eyeshadow. Um, probably anything by Tarte. Mm. I'm wearing, I'm wearing them right now. I have, uh, I love, uh, Tarte Beauty. Your, your skin though is really glowing. So what foundation, what's your favorite foundation, powder, highlighter? Again, it's Ilia. I love this brand. Oh, so we I love have Ilya. their, yeah. So it's their, their serum foundation. Mm-hmm. And I actually have the, the primer that goes underneath it as well. Beautiful. Um, but I typically will, there's like a sort of a ritual that I have for like my hair and skin. I like to moisturize with olive oil. I do this mask for my hair once a week with. We have to have a sleepover. Yeah. When I'm in Toronto next visiting my dad, I'm, I'm going to be looking you up. I can't wait. What is great for your hair? What's, what, what's something every woman, because mine's great one month and shitty the next month. Hers is always great. Yeah, I like I do a weekly hair mask. So I put like I melt uh, coconut oil, some cacao butter. I put 
rosemary essential oil in it, kind of lightly heat it so it melts and then like allow it to kind of come back to solid. And then I'll put it in my hair like every Friday night, which is like, I'm the life of the party here on Friday. <laughs> Friday oh my God, my kids would love um, that. But then like, my we're hair making, is we're, we're making a cacao powder, like chocolate, cacao. like cacao. Cacao, yeah, cacao butter, yeah. Oh, cacao butter. Oh, cacao butter. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, all right. Oh my gosh, you guys, this has been we love so, you. like, we don't want to let you go. We just want to keep okay, talking. We, okay, you guys can find her. When you're not listening to Lipstick on the Rim, you better be listening to better. Dr. Stephanie Estima. She has been featured everywhere. Thrive Global, Huffington Post. She has had, has over 3.5 million article reads on Medium, which ugh, you're amazing. I want to be you. How are you, ladies? I had such a blast with this you. This was I hope so we, much I hope fun. I think I, would love I will back. say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put this out there. I really encourage all of our listeners after listening to you to really take the time during one month, like take a month. I know I'm going to do this. I'm going to really listen to my body, read my body, write things down. Cause I'm, I, I think it's so fascinating to know that in like, you know, a certain week of the month, I'm sleeping better. Like mm-hmm. I want to, I want to put this to work. You're having more sex with Mike. I will know the week. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I, I love it. I love that it's broken down into weeks. I understand now why I might crave more carbs as opposed to protein or more fat. And again, you know, I do think sometimes the keto has gotten a really bad, you know, um, kind of a, yeah. a bad rap. But again, it's what you said. It, anything in, in to excess is bad. You're amazing, Dr. Stephanie Estima, the Betty Body. Um, we love you. We will see you tomorrow. Kidding. Um, we will see you very soon. <laughs> Go Canada. We will be on a flight on Air Canada tomorrow. Exactly. Um, you guys... Wasn't she amazing? I, I, I absolutely, I've, uh, we cannot tell you how much I enjoyed this. We and have how much taken notes I took. Pages and, of notes. Everything we talked about, not maybe not everything, but a lot of this will be on mollysims.com. Uh, we'll try to break it down for you, but make sure you guys and get the Betty Body because it really does kind of really break down the esteem and diet. I love you, Stephanie. Thank uh, you so love much. You guys too. Thank you so much. Thank You're you welcome. so much. You're the best. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emisha Gormley. We are so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive just a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. Wanted to give a special thanks to my team, Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ashley Sanchez, and Michelle Harrison and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun. 